This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Kia and welcome to Our Changing World on RNZ National with Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. We started off working with melanoma and breast cancer. Then we had this idea that things might be occurring in the brain that um, we might not know very much about. So we decided to progress the tumour model into a brain cancer model to try and understand the biology of the brain in terms of the sorts of processes that we are interested in, and that is whether genes can be transferred from cell to cell, and in this case through mitochondria, taking their genes, just a small package of genes, through into the tumour cell that is defective in some way in its mitochondrial genes. So your original cell lines were melanoma and breast cancer cell lines in a petri dish That's with right. the brain cells. Are we still talking about petri dish? We're still talking about the same old tumour cells that have been around for 20 or 30 years. They've been developed uh, overseas. It's a brain tumour. It's a glioblastoma that uh, grows very quickly in the flask. The unique thing about uh, our laboratory is that we had the skills to knock out the mitochondrial genome and um, while that isn't unique and we didn't develop those techniques, they were certainly techniques that we knew how to handle and persisted and these are the only two mouse tumour models that have been developed in terms of mitochondrial gene knockout. So like in the other breast cancer and melanoma cells, you would be able to see the transfer because you knocked out the mitochondrial DNA and then suddenly it turns up so it must have come from the outside. It's important to realise that the mitochondrial DNA encodes a few proteins that are absolutely critical for respiration, for the ability to produce ATP or energy by burning oxygen. So there is no respiration, there is no mitochondrial oxygen consumption within these cells. We can grow them in culture because we give them plenty of glucose and we provide them with one or two components that they need. So all three of the tumour cell lines we've developed can grow happily in culture. But our question then was, can these cells grow as tumours without their mitochondrial DNA in animals? And that's what we've been progressing. And that's where it was really a world first in demonstrating that these breast cancer cells and melanoma cells could grow as tumours in animals to start off with and then to answer the question of why do they grow. In fact, they do it by picking up mitochondrial DNA from normal adjacent cells and we had genetic markers to be able to show that quite conclusively. So the questions from there 
I'd imagine you'd be asking lots of them, but you know, one goes in the direction of is this a potential target mechanism for dealing with tumor cells? You know, would this yeah. stop tumor cells from growing somehow? But another one for me would be does this happen in healthy cells? Is this a perfectly normal process that just happens yes. and we hadn't seen before? Yeah. Which way are you going? Oh, we're going both ways. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have uh, a foot in one camp or the other here. And you're right that in, in tumor cells, you might expect that if you were able to stop that transfer of mitochondria from normal cells into the tumor cells that have defective mitochondrial DNA, that this might slow or even stop tumour growth or stop metastasis or in our brain tumours stop the spread to other parts of the brain. In other diseases you might uh, think that encouraging mitochondrial transfer between cells, for example in other cells in neurodegenerative diseases where you might have some mitochondrial damage that encouraging transfer might be very important in combating diseases like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's uh, and many other neurological diseases. Even ageing is, is known to be a disease that involves mitochondrial DNA damage ageing of the brain, ageing of the, the muscle and uh, we have no knowledge at the moment as to whether mitochondrial replacement from perhaps stem cells or from, from other cells in the tissue are important processes. So we're quite keen on pursuing these lines of interest whereas at the moment we have no indication as to whether or not we can manipulate the process it's almost certain that there will be some signaling mechanisms that there will be signals sent out from a cell I need to replace my mitochondrial DNA I need to make a connection with another cell. Your focus at the moment on the brain brain tumor cells but also on brain and healthy yeah, circumstances yeah. Why the brain? Uh, of the tissues in the body that use the most energy, um, those tissues are clearly the brain and the muscles. So how would you like to go about it? How would you tackle this? We have an HRC grant to look at some of the processes involved in cell culture systems and that work is in collaboration with Melanie McConnell at Victoria University. So we're working on co-culturing human cells and mouse cells and asking whether the various components of the brain, the, the neurons and the astrocytes, can actually exchange mitochondria. And if they do, what are the signals that induce cells to change mitochondria. For example, if we irradiate the cells or if we damage the mitochondrial DNA in some way, is mitochondrial exchange induced? And this is healthy cells? And this is, is in, these are perfectly healthy cells. So, so it's really to the do question this, of whether this is a normal mechanism. This is the question of whether the brain normally works under these sorts of processes. And um, if it's a normal mechanism, then that opens up a lot of questions, and it opens up a lot of questions about diseases as, as well, as to whether a normal process uh, that isn't working properly uh, is involved in uh, some of the neurodegenerative diseases and some of the diseases of ageing. And would you, as part of that program, also have an animal model? 
to go with that, or is this planned for Yeah, we do have uh, animal models. Within the HRC-funded project, we have a, a model, a Neiman Pick disease model, where which is a cholesterol um, storage problem, but there is mitochondrial damage associated with that, so we're very interested to see in that model whether mitochondrial transfer between cells as we play it out in a cell culture system is um, altered from what happens in normal mice. And then we're developing now at the moment this glioblastoma model, which is a brain tumour, to ask a basic question as to whether these glioblastoma cells with damaged mitochondrial DNA, or in our case without any mitochondrial DNA, can pick it up from surrounding cells. And preliminary experiments do suggest that tumours are able to grow from these cells without mitochondrial DNA, uh, which almost certainly indicates that they've picked up mitochondrial uh, DNA or whole mitochondria uh, from normal brain cells, whatever those be. So just like the melanoma and breast just cancer, like tumour cells did that from the cancer, environment? Then, that's right. And then these cells become essentially normal, aggressive tumour cells and will start to grow rapidly and spread in the brain. The information we have at the moment, uh, we injected uh, 25,000 cells uh, of these glioblastoma cells without mitochondrial DNA into the brains of, of mice and it took between 100 and 130 days for the tumours to start to grow. This compares with the melanoma and the breast cancer where the tumours started to grow within three weeks uh, as opposed to cells without damaged mitochondrial DNA where you could see tumour growth within uh, probably five to seven days. There is a, a big gradation and um, we're very interested in finding out something about the donor cells within the brain that are likely to be involved in this transfer process. And of course, if it does happen in the brain within our glioblastoma brain tumour model, then the questions arise as to whether it's a normal physiological process, repair process, or just a normal process within the brain that is ongoing all the time. And I think that's where some of the the real excitement is... That's where the that groundbreaking findings would come where in. we would like to be now, but we're really at, very much at the beginning of the road to try and understand brain function in terms of the complex array of different processes that are ongoing to generate energy. The optic nerve is another very specialised cell within the, the brain where there has been some work that has shown that mitochondria that are past their use-by date get packaged up, bagged up and processed by astrocytes. Now that's the opposite direction to what we've just been suggesting because we've been uh, damaging cells and asking whether mitochondria can donate cells. Uh, by the same token, it's part of probably a dual process where you get mitochondrial transfer between cells we're not going to be able to easily exclude that transfer being in both directions. So we so want a two-way road. We, really. we want to equally look at whether or not there are, yeah, uh, dual roles in producing and processing uh, damaged mitochondria. You'd be rewriting quite a number of textbooks. Uh, <laughs> well, parts of textbooks, yeah. 
Um, and it takes an awful long time for initial experiments to be translated into accepted knowledge. And it's that knowledge that gets written into textbooks. But at the moment, we're very much at the beginning of asking questions and challenging whether the textbooks are right about the way that the brain handles energy. And there's no question that there will be some truth, but whether or not there are other layers of truth about how the brain works, I think, is an open question. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. Check out our webpage for photos and web features. rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.